0: Glad you're with us tonight, and there are actually more folks here tonight than I thought there would be. Sometimes when it's a holiday, folks don't quite make it back, or maybe they're in small groups, obviously many people are, but I am glad you're here tonight, good crowd. And so this morning, as Craig said, we talked all about mothers and motherhood and all those things, and so how could we top, not top that off by talking about Christians and the government tonight, right? So it doesn't have anything to do with it at all. But that was really what we did this morning, and 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 praise God for for mothers. But to, tonight we continue on in our studies of First Peter, and in First in Peter we pretty much take what comes to us, and that's what we talk about. Now, there's a little bit of license I have to kind of move wherever I want to, but I try to take them as closely as I can to whatever the passage is that comes next so that we don't skip it, so that we study even some things that are difficult. And let me tell you, there is not much more, uh, there's not much of a way more, I I cannot even get my words here together, it's just that overwhelming, right? The easiest way to cause fireworks in any group of people is to talk about politics. And so tonight we're talking about the government, we are not talking about politics, okay? That's not at all, honestly, it's not what we're talking about. I, what I remember when I was growing up is when there was a candidate or a president in office that I knew most of the people in my community liked, we prayed for that person a lot. But then when that candidate lost and we had a new president that we didn't like as much, Four, for four years, we didn't pray for, that, for the president at all. So tonight, what I want to do is just talk about what the Bible says. Whatever side of the aisle you're on, whether in this, in this auditorium or in your politics, what does the Bible say? Because the Bible is extremely clear on how we are to be as Christians. These first things I'm going to tell you are not on our screen, but this is what you need to remember, what I need to remember, that we are of a greater kingdom than any nation on earth. We are of the kingdom of God. Whatever nation is on earth will someday die. I pray and hope that I am not alive when this one does that. But we remember that we are members of the only nation, the only kingdom that will never die, the kingdom of God. So we can disagree on things, but we remember that what is important is we are members of the kingdom of God. So, one of the things I've talked about several times, and just throw this out quickly as we remember, as we talk about this, it's really interesting to me that. Jesus calls Matthew to be one of the apostles who is a tax collector that works for the Romans. And he calls Simon the Zealot who is trying to overthrow the the Romans with a military coup. And he puts those two guys together out of 12. He puts those two together and he says, you will be my disciples. And so we want to remember wherever our thinking is, whatever our thoughts are, that we want to be like Jesus and we want to be like what the Holy Spirit said through Peter and through Paul that we should be like. So in 1 Peter chapter 2 in verses 13 and 14, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Wow, so he starts off here in this passage. Now, this is part of a bigger passage, but this is the part that we get to tonight that talk about these specific things. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to government officials. How about if I don't like them? How about if I am completely opposed to those people? How about if I don't believe anything about them? How about if I believe every meme about them, but I don't believe anything they say? You know what I'm saying, right? Because we live in this whole new political world, right? Submit to government officials. Submit to the emperor. And we start thinking, oh, you know, I don't like this president or that president or whatever. But do you know who was emperor at the time that this was written? There's a really good chance the emperor was Nero. You remember the guy who, who, who let Rome burn and then blamed the Christians for it? He eventually committed suicide so that, they wouldn't, so that they wouldn't kill him, wouldn't give him the death penalty. And this is who Peter talks about. Even to the emperor... You pray for him. You submit to him. And so submission, though, I want you to know this, does not mean approval. It does not mean that I agree with everything that he or she does, and I may not even agree with very much at all. Does not mean approval. There is a difference in that. You know, we're always talking about approval ratings. I wonder if we had submission ratings. Then you have something different, right? There's a difference in saying, okay, I've got to do this. And there's a difference in saying, I approve of whatever that is. So when I read this and I look at this, the first thing that comes to me, and literally as I'm writing on a piece of paper next to my Bible, as I'm getting ready for this lesson, I write the word why, and I wrote three question marks, which, you know, that means you really wonder why, right? Why, 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 right? You really wonder why, because this seems kind of odd. And then he says, though, if you look back there, if you have your Bibles open here tonight to 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, for the Lord's sake, submit to the emperor and to others who are in power, governors. And you know what I wrote after I put, for the Lord's sake, I wrote, huh? Because what is he saying here? For the Lord's sake, I need to be submitting to the emperor and to other people who are in power. Wow. So I love this. When I agree with the government, and whoever's in in power, I love it. Because everybody I don't like needs to submit. But when I don't agree with the government, then I really hate it. You understand what I'm saying? It all depends on who is in office at the time but this is the word of God that does not change. This is what how he says that we are to live. So what's he saying here? So he goes on verses 15 through 17. <clears throat> for it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God. And he says it again, honor the emperor. Now there is a funny thing in this passage that makes me laugh and think, I wonder if Peter was smiling as he writes this, for it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And you think, now who are the foolish people, right? Is he saying that's the government or is he saying that's other people? You know, who's he talking about here? And I wonder if, if Peter's going, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's, that's who I mean, uh-huh. Whoever you say there, right? And so this is what he says is God's will. And so I want you to see it's for the Lord's sake because by doing good, you're going to silence people that talk bad about the body of Christ. Don't use your freedom in a way that brings shame on the body of Christ. Don't use your freedom in a way that makes people look down on Christianity. Don't use your freedom in a way that means that the doors get closed and people get killed. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't stand up for what you believe, and it's great to be in a democracy where we can do some of those things. But at the same time, watch it. Watch it. Because by doing good, you silence the ignorant talk of the foolish. You see, we do good so that we can keep on doing good. You know what we want people to say in the community? Wow. I don't, I had a bad opinion of Christians, but boy, I am so impressed with Christians and the way they treat me. I've told you the story. It seems like I told it not too long ago. And, you know, I only have so many stories, right? I keep trying to make them up, but I try to just tell you real ones. So after Hurricane Ike, and I, or excuse me, it was after Hurricane Harvey, and so many places were flooded out. There was a congregation over Beaumont, Port Arthur, some area over there that that uh, a Church of Christ that was flooded, and they had just remodeled their building, and it was a big mess. And none of us went to help them because we were helping people here, and we gave money. I think we gave like fifteen or twenty thousand dollars to that congregation to help them. But what they needed at the time is they needed they needed boots on the ground right to clean it out a specific religious group that i won't mention that every one of you would know and many of you would have bad feelings toward just the name of them went with like 75 or 80 people and cleaned out that building and i mean they they t- cleaned out all of the water they took out all of the junk they took out the 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 all the the wallboard—they took out everything. The preacher told me, he said, well, let me tell you, I don't agree with those people, but I'm not going to talk bad about them anymore." Yeah, all at once it changes. Do you remember all the 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 controversy that went on with Chick Fil A a few years ago, and people talked about, oh, Chick Fil A believes this and that about LGBTQ issues, and then when there was a a shooting at a club on a Saturday night, they broke their rule, Chick-fil-A broke their rule and fed people on that Sunday morning. And people said, wow, we thought they would never do something like that to help people. You see, you live such good lives among people that they say, I thought Christians were bigoted. I thought Christians were, were... Mean-spirited. I thought Christians were, were thinking better of themselves than others. But wow, what I can tell you is when I was in need, it was a Christian that helped me. When I needed furniture, when I had nothing because I, because I came here with nothing but the clothes on my back like has been happening in the last few weeks with, with people from Ukraine, it was Christians who helped me. Wow, whenever I got in trouble with the law, it was Christians that helped me. When I couldn't pay my bills, it was Christians that helped me. When I had an emotional issue and needed counseling somewhere, it was Christians that helped me. You see, you live such good lives that people turn around and they say, wait a minute, we're not going to talk about Christians, except to say Christians are good people. And so he says, watch out in the way you treat your government, because you don't need any extra problems doesn't mean you agree. But we do good so that we can keep on doing good. And 1 Timothy is another passage that is very similar to 1 Peter that we're looking at now. So let's slide over to 1 Timothy. This is a different author. It's the Apostle Paul. In a way, it's a different author. But they're both inspired by the same one. They're both inspired by the Holy Spirit. (coughs) This is what Timothy says. I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Now, that's okay. I can say all people until he gets specific about it. For kings and all, underline all, all those in authority, that we may live in peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior. I want to stop here on this slide for a minute. First of all, he's saying the same thing, isn't he? Peter says, pray for your emperor. Paul says, pray for your king. And all those other people, whoever is over you, the, the county tax assessor, I don't know, whoever is over us, boy, yeah, let's really pray for them, right? And so for all of those folks, pray for them. Whoever it is in power, if it's on a local, on a local uh, level, if it's on a state level, if it's on a national level, wherever it is, pray for those who are in power. Now this isn't on your slide tonight, but I want you to see what he says then. And this is his why. So that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. He doesn't say... Pray for those in power because you think they're right. He doesn't even say pray for those in power because you think they're wrong. He said pray for those in power so that we can keep moving along with our lives, so that we can keep, so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives and stay out of all the other rigmarole that goes on, and we just keep moving forward. So treating the government with respect pleases God. That's what he said over there in 1 Peter. It pleases God. Remember, respect is not equal to agreement. It feels like when we look at national government and even state government, maybe one of the problems these days is there isn't much respect, right? But respect is not equal to agreement. If I respect him or her or they or whoever, that does not mean that I agree with anything or or one thing or a thousand things. All it means is I respect the office and I want to keep living the quiet life that I'm living that honors God. Not just me, but that the church can do that. So he goes on in verses 3 through 6. This is good, and it pleases God our Savior. Whoa, look what he says now. Who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. God wants everybody to be saved. Now wouldn't it be great if every person in power and every person in Congress and the White House and in Austin if all those people were saved that would be great. But if they stay off our back so to speak I can reach my neighbors and I can reach people in my community. So it's not just about converting them. Yes, converting them. Pray for their souls, absolutely. But it's about me being able to live this quiet life and walking over to my neighbor's house and telling them about Christ, which I can't do if the laws change. Or I can, but I only would do it breaking the law. So it's about all of that, that God wants all people to be saved. Now let me also say this. This is the Apostle Paul talking here, writing here. And there is a political statement that is in this. This is a place where he does not back down about his faith and who he believes in. Caesar believed not only was he a God, but that he was the mediator between God and people. And so what the Caesar would do in order to show that is he would put his toga up over his head. That A Roman citizen could do this, but the Caesar would do this. You've seen lots of statues of this where they have the toga over their head. Those of you who have been to Corinth on a trip that we got to be a part of, Augustus was, there was a, a statue of Augustus like that, there was a bust of Nero like that. And when they put their toga up over their head, they became the mediator between God and man. And Paul says, we're going to keep the government off of us, living quiet lives. That's what we want. We're praying for them so that we live these quiet lives. But I will not stand for the emperor saying that he is the mediator between God and man. He says there is only one mediator, Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. So we do not, get, we do not bow down like in the book of Daniel. We do not bow down to someone and say they are a God or the God. We don't do anything like that. But at the same time, we remember that God wants all people to be saved. You see, when we deal with this subject, the first thing we have to remember is it's not all about me. It's not about me. It's not about my community. It's not about my state. It's not even about my nation. It's about something a lot bigger than that. It's about the kingdom of God the kingdom of God that is in every nation, or hopefully in every nation, that permeates through, through, through various generations. It's not about my preferences. It's not even about my standard of living. It is about Jesus. It is about the kingdom of God. Whether I make a lot or I make a little, it is about the kingdom of God. If you say it is anything less than that, you've got to figure that one out for yourself. It is about the kingdom of God, always. Now, I'm so thankful to live in a democracy or or a republic, however you want to put that, where we can talk about these things. That's a great honor that we have to live here and a privilege and a joy. But whether we live under communism or democracy or socialism or something in between. It is still about the kingdom of God. That is where our citizenship is, is in the kingdom of God. And if you haven't heard me say it tonight, it is about the kingdom of God. It's about evangelism. So that we can live quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That was one of the phrases from 1 Timothy chapter 2. It is about Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom, which once again goes back to that idea of sharing our faith freely with other people in all quietness and godliness. And it's about community. You know, I am so thankful for this community. This morning I was a little frustrated I get a call from a counter, we had 899 this morning. I said, could you not find one person, right? (laughs) Well, there is something beautiful about community. There are small groups tonight meeting that are part of community. Do you realize that most of of us in this room, unless you are blood family to someone, we wouldn't know each other, except for this incredible community we have. We want to continue to live quiet lives that honor God. We want to continue to do that. Make your voice known where it's okay to make it known. I'm not saying that. I'm not not against voting. I'm not against doing those things. Run for office. Do all of that. But understand that we want to share our faith and live in a way that we can do that so that people know Christ. Do you know what would fix any world government faster than anything? Is for Christians to share faith and Christians to share with their neighbors and in their communities and proclaim Jesus. That will fix the problems. But when Christians don't do those things and don't look like the body of Christ and don't look like the kingdom of God, then we should be no we should not be surprised. That we have the issues that we have. It's about evangelism, it's about community. And so here's a question for you tonight. How can I pray for leaders I don't like? Don't say something something too snarky, okay? How can I pray for people? And this may even be, as I said this in the card to, to Emma and Barbara Emma went. You mean like preachers or elders? And I said, Well, I was thinking above that, right? But even for people you don't like. How can you pray for your boss that you don't like? How can you pray for people maybe you're the the HOA president in your neighborhood? Wherever it is, how can you pray for those people? First of all, we pray that their heart will be softened so that they will come to know the Lord. Second, we pray that that not only will they know the Lord, but they will live like they know the Lord. We pray that they will will function in a way that they will allow God to use them so that laws will be created so that good things can happen. We pray that somehow they will come to, to appreciate what they see in Christians and in faith and see that there is something good to all of this. You can go on and on and on with ways that we can pray for those that are above us or those that lead us, in quotes, that lead us. So tonight, maybe, switching gears here, you're ready to be baptized into Christ. Or maybe you just need prayer. We want to help you however that is. Come tonight as we stand and sing.